0: Kasky hits this one deep to left field. This has a chance. This ball is gone. It's a walk-off home run. Now Caleb driving left side. Alley-oop to Nelson. Throws it down with two hands. the, make the handoff. Keeps it running left. He's a the second to none podcast the a-state podcast presented by first national bank and kavanaugh auto group now here's matt stoltz and brad bobo coming up a big opening weekend for a-state baseball red wolves with the sweep to open up the 2024 campaign huge week for the bowling team huge week for the women's golf team as well but we're going to start with Just a fantastic week for men's basketball. They took the Alabama road swing. Man, was it fun. The first sweep in Sunbelt Conference play as far as just a Sunbelt Conference road trip since the 2016-2017 season under Coach McCasland. Huh. And we'll get to some other feats, some other firsts since whenever as we go along here. But it started Thursday at Troy a troy team that was really good at home this year. They were 14 and 1 on their home floor. Trojans had won 6 in a row. They were tied for first going into last week. And it was a game where you know, I thought we came out playing pretty well, but we're down 7 at the half and then after halftime just dominated the final 20 minutes of that game. Outscored them 48 to 30 in the second half. Had a 12 nothing run at one point where we took the lead. For good, and ended up going on to win the game, eighty-two to seventy-one. And it's been a while since we won a conference game that was as impressive as that.
1: It's interesting. It's like that game. If I remember, right, it sat like fifty-four fifty for a long time or something in that neighborhood. Seems familiar, yeah. And it's like eventually uh, the Red Bulls just said, "All right, Troy, if you're not, we're going to sit here, man. If you're not going to take this game from us, we'll just take it from you." And it was just off to the races from, from that point on. And uh, it was an impressive because it was just a dominant stretch, really. I mean, A-State would score every possession, and then Troy would go down and wouldn't. Get one shot, rebound, and go score again. And either score in a hurry or score at the end of the clock or hit a shot. If you didn't hit a shot, somebody was getting to the rim at will. Uh, it was just uh, clinical on the offensive end for most of that second half.
0: I always do the pregame scouting report with one of our assistants. I asked them as part of that interview the keys to the game. And T. Butters was who I interviewed before the game on Thursday. And he said, the number one thing we got to do is rebound. That's because Troy was the best rebounding team in the league. In fact, they were number one in the conference in rebounding margin. They were number one in the league in offensive boards. And we came out and were plus eight on them, out rebounded them on their home floor forty-three to thirty-five. And we had nineteen offensive rebounds in that game, which is a massive number to their 14. And look, a big reason why we won that rebounding count was the play of Isaiah Nelson. And I mentioned to Coach Hodson after the game in our Post game interview I said he looked like the best player on the floor and he said he was the best player on the floor he had a career high 18 points 12 rebounds and four block shots and probably the most impressive thing was he played 39 minutes and we've talked many times about Isaiah and just wondered how good his numbers would be if he stayed out of foul trouble and stayed on the floor and that was an example of just how good he could be on Thursday night
1: yeah it's really an issue typically of just staying out there right and when you fancy yourself, you know, he called himself, you know, the best rim protector in the Sunbelt Conference. And you do that, sometimes you go pick up some cheap fouls. And when he can limit those and stay on the floor, we've seen his maturation over the year to where, you know, he can be dominant. And he was for stretches, obviously, this past week.
0: Taron Todd had 19 points in that game. Freddie Hicks. Was outstanding, sixteen points, six rebounds, and Caleb Fields in that Troy game became the eighth player in A State history to go over fifteen hundred career points. So just another big feat for Caleb. And then look, it's exciting to win that game at Troy, but you got to follow it up. And what the team did, they actually bust to Mobile right after the game on Thursday. They went and checked into the hotel in Mobile about one o'clock on. Friday morning so they were able to spend all day friday in mobile and i think that's probably a good thing for them to do and then get up saturday and you got the afternoon game against south alabama and look south was playing good too they had won three in a row i think the big question mark going in is how do we follow up on what happened thursday are we going to be able to come out with the same kind of energy and our guys came out and played a really good first half but we just never could Really pull away from South. I love the way our guys found a way to close it out, even though the Jaguars hung around all day, able to find a way to win that one 76-73.
1: And sometimes that's it. You just find a way, right? And that's, that's what happened. I was following this game while calling a baseball game Saturday. And like you said, every time I checked the score, we were ahead. But it was never that number where... You know, he thought, we got this on the bag. And even if it was nine, then the next time you look, it'd be six. And then it might be eight, but then it might be four. And so he's like, "This even just following the scores and nothing else, you could sense what you're saying. Just you always played from ahead, but not far enough ahead that you could ever kind of exhale.
0: We talked about Troy being the best rebounding team in the league. South Alabama had been the worst rebounding team in the league. So we needed to dominate on the glass. And we did again. We were plus 11 on the boards. And we had 17 offensive rebounds to South Alabama's four. So, second chance points were big in this game. We outscored them in that category 21 to five. Isaiah Nelson, fantastic again, nine points, a career high 15 rebounds in this one, and also had a career high five block shots. He's in the top five on the career block shot list now. And remember, this is just his second year. He passed another guy. Norshad O'Meara on the career block shots list Good. who also played two years here but Isaiah's sitting at 98 career blocks now. Terran Todd 21 points I think he had 13 of those in the first 10 minutes of this game and it's his fourth straight game to lead the team in scoring and I loved what we saw from Darian Ford he had nine points and seven rebounds but I think a handful of those rebounds came in the last five minutes of the ball game he had some Huge rebounds down the stretch. And then he had a three to put us up four points. Shot clock down to 10, 35 seconds left. Todd left side, gives a right wing to Darian Ford. Ford for three, hits! Huge triple for Darian Ford. A-State up four, 75-71 with 28.2 seconds to play. And uh, also congratulations, Avery Feltz, his 150th career three. The uh, ninth player in school history to do that.
1: I heard a number earlier today, and I'm just going to quote it like it's the truth because I believe it to be. But I heard that since they've been charting offensive efficiency, which goes back, I think, to the 1999 season, that that became a thing That they, with Kim Palm and charting offensive efficiency. Right now, Arkansas State's offensive rating and offensive efficiency is the highest a Sunbelt team has ever had since they've been keeping it. That's impressive.
0: I'm going to believe it. I'm going to choose to believe that. (laughs) Me too. That went over South, by the way, the first in Mobile for a Red Wolf team since Coach Brady's team did it back in the 15-16 season. All right, let's talk about the women. Rough week for them. And kind of had a feeling this might be the case with a broken finger suffered by their leading scorer, the Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year candidate Izzy Higginbottom actually had broken a finger on her shooting hand the previous week in that Sunbelt-Mac Challenge game last Saturday at Akron. Didn't know if she was going to be able to play or not, but credit to Izzy. I mean, she played through it far from 100%. In fact, she came off the bench Thursday, and I was talking with Cade Carlton about this, you know, Des said before the game she didn't know how much Izzy was going to be able to go. Well, she checked in with seven ten to go in the first quarter, and she never left the floor. In fact, she played every minute yeah. the rest of the road trip—thirty-seven minutes off the bench on Thursday at Southern Miss, then all forty minutes in Lafayette.
1: But that's the only stat she had that looked like in Izzy stat Her normal stats. Clear to see watching the game Thursday night that she was out there, and but it was she was honestly not even a threat to score. Unless it was getting to the basket, uh, she just really couldn't shoot. You know, it's a pretty key thing to have for a person averaging you know twenty three points a game. They probably like to be able to shoot the basketball, and so you could just tell that Izzy was out there and taking the space, and obviously a ball handler, and and you know really nice decoy because you you couldn't just run off and leave her. But I mean, for big big stretches that Southern Miss game, and I, it, it, that she was not even looking to score unless it was getting to the rim. And then even then, when she got to the rim, she was trying to finish with her left hand.
0: The unfortunate headline in this game came in the first half. A loose ball turned into a fist fight in front of the Southern Miss bench. Five players were ejected. Emma Amev-Barre for A-State and then four players for Southern Miss. There were fans ejected. Yep. And it took 23 minutes to sort all of this out.
1: I was watching this live. Yeah, what were your thoughts as well, you saw this unfold? Yeah, let's talk about it a moment. What's interesting after the fact in thinking back, there had been a couple of times. I only say this because it didn't it didn't even register with me until after the little brawl, if you want to call it that, happened. Is that there had been a couple of different times where on the the TV broadcast, the Southern Miss guys had mentioned that. Their all conference guard Dominic Davis had gotten tangled up and had words with our players like two times. I already mentioned because I remember one time it was Griffin. They said something. Well, Griffin and Davis have already been tangled up a couple of times. Well, that's who Emebra got tangled up with too. You know, I don't know what this would have looked like had the momentum been taking them in opposite direction because it just happened to take them toward the sideline. It took him right into the Southern Miss bench, and when that happened, it got chaotic fast. Obviously, if if people were going to be ejected, which it was clear they were going to be, and it was clear MF Brave was going to be one of them, she gave a big shove in there. Not to say that that she didn't give the only shove or didn't even give the first one, but she gave a big one that really kind of set that thing off. The thing I thought would be really tough for the officials – and i think part of what took this 23 minutes to sort through is they're having to go through every available camera angle and i don't know how many that is not a lot but you're having to try to sort through okay from a southern miss standpoint who got involved with this because they wanted involved with it and who got involved with it because it literally landed in their lap i don't know how you go through sorting like you know that that i think that had to take the bulk of the time cuz the state part is cut and dried the and memory's out and the reason it's cut and dried is because the arkansas state staff did a really, really good job. Coach Dez and coach, out of there. coach Rudy and the head coach, Destiny Rogers, they bolted right in the middle of it. And got Emabre out of there. I think it was easy to not get anybody from the bench to go because it literally was the opposite end of the floor. I don't think they had to worry about having one of our players leave the bench and go to their bench. So Dez and Rudy do a good job of getting up in there and getting Emabre out. And then Lizzie Nestle the thing she did that you happen to see later in one of the other camera angles is she did a really good job at the same time that was happening to go out on the floor and get our other four on our end and keep anybody else from getting in front of their bench. So like the Arkansas State part of that was cut and dried. It took the rest of the time to sort out kind of whose intentions were what on the Southern Miss side of things. And in the end, you know, they have four ejected and it really, you know, left them shorthanded. Unfortunately, Arkansas State, even without the same number of ejections, was just as shorthanded because you already had Izzy, who again was really not an offensive threat. And Lauren Pendleton got knocked out of this game not long before the brawl because she got fouled and hurt an ankle and couldn't walk.
0: Yeah, so you're without your two leading scores. Lauren Pendleton only played 13 minutes in that game. And Southern Miss goes on to win it 57-48. to 48.
1: I mean, it's amazing, you know, and, and I, it'll go right into, I mean, we don't even have to talk that long about the game in Lafayette because lo and behold, I don't know what they're doing over there, but just as I just bragged on this coaching staff, I guess I'm going to have to rip them now because I can't believe they didn't look any better than that without their two best players shouldn't every team just plug right on look the exact same when they don't have your top two options yeah i mean
0: your two leading scores essentially out now izzy played the whole time but far from her regular self and then lauren not able to go emma mbure was serving the first game of her two game suspension so only seven players played for the red wolves in that game on saturday and it was tied at the half against the cajuns but they go on a 19 nothing run to start the third quarter, and they end up going on to win that one 59-46.
1: So, honestly, it's just a forgettable week from a results standpoint. But, honestly, I mean, the health is a bigger issue than the results. you, you got to get healthy here with two weeks left. That's far and away the, the key thing because this team was playing well right up until, again, they went you know, without their top two scores. And I'm saying that, again, Izzy was out there, but you played without her. You played without – the best player in the league. Cause that's not what that version of Izzy was. And you know, in the what she's giving you in that big. So, I mean, you were missing a lot. The results of last week, you got to throw away. And worry about you know these this four game home stand to finish it and and most of all getting healthy and ready for Pensacola. Get huge savings now at
0: every Cavanaugh dealership. Cavanaugh has a great selection of late model, low mileage, certified pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, and most are still under factory warranty. We have every make and every model, so you're sure to find the vehicle you want. And when you buy at Cavanaugh, every new and used purchase comes with one year of free maintenance. Plus, we buy cars. Bring a vehicle. Get it, champ. Come see us today at one of our dealerships or go to KavanaughCars.com.
1: This is Coach Brian Hodson, and I'm asking you to help our A-State
0: student-athletes by donating to the Impact Club. This organization helps our program stay competitive and supports our student-athletes by facilitating NIL agreements that allow them to endorse local charities. Make a monthly commitment and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access. Find out more and give today at ImpactClub.com. That's Impact spelled I-M-P-A-C-K-T Club.com. Your support makes a real difference in the lives
1: of our student-athletes. Wolves up.
0: Back on the Second to Done podcast presented by the Kavanaugh Auto Group and by First National Bank, where they put you first always. Great first week of the season for A-State Baseball. And before we talk about the three games over the weekend against Omaha, what a fun night. On Monday of last week, the Grand Slam Banquet, always one of our favorite nights of the year, a record crowd. They sold that event out couldn't put another table in there if we wanted to. 88 tables. Jim Edmonds, special guest at that event. I had a really fun time on stage with him doing the Q&A. Coach Raffo told me afterwards, he said, I timed it. He said, I love the length. It was 38 minutes. I said, there's no way we went 38 <laughs> minutes. I mean, it seemed like 15 or 20 yeah. just because we really enjoyed the conversation. And, and I... I hope the crowd enjoyed it as well, but it was a lot of fun. I thought one of the coolest things about Jim Edmonds being there was the fact that we're doing the live auction and right before the live auction is about to end, he calls coach Raffo over. And I, I saw them talking. I actually thought coach Raffo was actually kind of telling him how it was going to work when he came up on stage, when I brought him up and we did the intro and all that. Well, he wanted to donate a live auction item and I think it was a jersey, a ball, a bat, four tickets to a home game, and you could come up if he was working and see him in the booth before the game.
1: Mm-hmm. Jersey, ball, bat, four tickets, and a booth visit. That's right. And it went for, I think,
0: $5,700. It was our mm-hmm. best live auction item. Well, there were two people going back and forth on that. Well, what I found out later was both people thought they had won.
1: I, listen, I was, st- I was in it. Like, I was at one of those two tables prodding one of those bidders along. And I can tell you for a stone-cold fact, that person thought they won. And i tell you for a stone-cold fact, I thought that person won. But the other bidder was directly behind them. Of people spread all over that whole arena, the two bidders were one right behind the other. Well, it was best-case scenario. It was best-case scenario because it ended and they both thought they won. So instead of everybody losing, everybody won.
0: Jim Edmonds just said, hey, we'll do two of them. Yeah. And instead of us thinking we raised... Fifty-seven hundred additional. It turned into what eleven thousand four hundred that we raised additional money for the A-State baseball program. So it was. Uh Really, really cool that uh, Jim Edmonds did that.
1: And, and there were, as you expect, there were a lot of uh, people that bought at the VIP level to kind of guarantee themselves a meet and greet opportunity before that event started. It just kind of went. It turned out, I ended up kind of standing there at the VIP and at the table as people got to Jim Edmonds, and I'd just take their phone from them. And take their picture with their yeah. phone. The next person comes. And so it's funny. Number one, I'm going to say two things. Jim Edmonds was really, really good in that setting. Talking with people. Yeah, he was, uh, he, he was he did, great. I mean, he, that was, uh, I mean, I thought it was his best. It was honestly, it was back there. Oh, really? Uh, one-on-one talking with people. And then uh, I get home Monday night. You know, it's almost midnight or whatever. And I get in bed and get on social media and start scrolling. And I just laughed because, you know, I'm on Facebook looking through the timeline. And all of a sudden I realize. I took about seventy five percent of the pictures I'm seeing on my timeline right now (laughs) because it was just one after another. Everybody got hurt. And and no photo credits either, right? Not a
0: single one. Always get emotional when um, they give out that Edway Heart and Hustle Award, which is something we've done for many years now. And the Way family's there, and Edway such a a special person that uh, meant so much to me and so many others. And in the uh, community, but Jake Henry Williams from Jonesboro awarded that. And I thought it was a a neat touch during the banquet to kind of show the zoom call where coach Raffo talked to Jake Henry and his family, telling him that he was the recipient of the Edway heart and hustle award. So a neat moment there as for the baseball this past weekend, the Red Wolves hosted the Mavericks of Omaha. And what a weekend it was a state winning all three games Fourteen to four on Friday, seven to five Saturday, and then a shutout win on Sunday, twelve to nothing. And I thought one of the coolest things about this was they won three games in three very different ways. They won with a whole bunch of offense on Friday, had some good relief pitching, and then Saturday had to come from behind in the latter innings, and then just a a dominant performance on Sunday. Great pitching all around. You get the shutout, and then twelve runs on fourteen hits by eleven different batters 10 players had one hit and there was one guy that had four hits that was austin jazz love mm-hmm. the tennessee transfer at shortstop and man you couldn't ask for a better <laughs> first weekend as a red wolf this kid goes 10 for 14 over the weekend with a couple of home runs he drove in five runs just uh, a heck of a debut
1: uh yeah a real good debut you mentioned winning three games three different ways it's what's funny is the one where even I think Tommy Raffo would probably tell you his team did the least was the come-from-behind win in the middle. I think Raven only had like four hits, but that was a situation where from a pitching and defensive standpoint, you did enough to kind of keep Omaha in check, and then later in the game and you got in Omaha's bullpen – you just took advantage of the, the free stuff they gave you. I think there may be 11 free bases between walks and hit batters, and A-State sprinkled in just enough hits to come from 5-1 down to win 7-5.
0: Now, I was with basketball, so I had to miss Friday and Saturday, but I was really impressed with what I saw on Sunday. Just the depth, I think, is what's as impressive as anything. And Coach Raffo talks about trying to limit the free bases. They want to keep it to single digits as far as the free bases allowed. They weren't allowing free bases nope. at all Sunday, and I think the only one they had was an HBP to lead off the ball game, and that was on, on an 0-2 pitch.
1: Yeah, Not, no walks. That was the the best part, I thought, was uh, the the overall pitching performance, you know, starting with, you know, Dylan Hine and what yeah. he looked like. It was neat looking, looking down, start, yeah. His
0: whole family were in Dylan Hine jerseys right in front of the press box, and they came in from Haddonfield, New Jersey. And I went down to talk to him right before the game. And they said, man, Dylan loves it here. And to see him go out and do that five scoreless innings in his debut was cool. I thought it was just as cool to see what Kobe Greiner did. Here's a guy that had already pitched in the first two games of the series. And he comes in with runners at first and second. Nobody out in the sixth. And it's still a close game at that time. I think it's, what, 3 nothing. He comes in and retires the next three. Pitches another inning after that, so I think the depth with the pitching and the overall depth. You look at the position players. I thought it was cool in the bottom of the eighth inning on Sunday. What do we do? Send five pinch yeah, hitters they up went and
1: four for five.
0: Four of them had base hits.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cool. Uh, you mentioned the depth. I mean, Daedric Kell's a kid that had to play every day. Since he got here. And he didn't make two of the starts, right? They went because they, had a, they could go with a lefty, the freshman uh, Houseworth at third. As soon as uh, Omaha went to a left handed reliever, first time that spot came up, well, here came Dadra Kell into the yeah. game. Alan Greer had two RBIs Friday, two RBIs Saturday, and then they got a chance to look at a youngster in right field as well who delivered. So there is some depth there. I mean, we didn't see Brandon Hager the first two games of the series he comes in and plays good defense they were hit batter error the first two batters of the game and past that like it was a collection of web gems
0: big story from sunday win number 364 for our buddy tommy raffo as the head coach at a state passing ike tomlinson the man who the stadium is named for as the all-time wins leader at a state and doing the post game interview on sunday you know you know you've got to bring it up Mm -hmm. you know it's also going to be the most awkward thing for coach (laughs) raffo to do and that's talk about himself but i thought he had a really good response well i think the biggest thing that you look back the, the thought process is the amount of quality people that have been associated with this program since i've been here and that's probably the biggest thing What do you think of the coaches that put in the time and effort and the players and going through the recruiting and and those players coming through this program? I think that is probably maybe the pictures and the memories that, that you tend to think about because they're the ones that have played the game.
1: I was just fortunate enough to be able to help teach and develop.
0: Just happy for him. Of course, he gives credit to everybody that's been part of this 16-year journey with him. And by
1: the way, that's not his like answer for the media, because I do something I never do. And when the game ended and and got off the TV broadcast, I went straight to the field. So I could shake Tommy Raffo's hand and congratulate him. And he said, thank you. There's just been a lot of good people involved in this. Okay. So that well, was it. I mean, that
0: was better than him
1: yeah and so that's uh that wasn't a made for the media answer that's what he was telling everybody you knew he was going to be the the most uncomfortable talking about it but uh, like i said on social media he's just gonna have to kind of chill for a little while and let the rest of us kind of give him his flowers because you just can't beat him uh he's so well thought of in our community across our university really across the country in the sport of college baseball and is uh, this easy guy to want nothing but the best stuff for.
0: Universally respected, and one of the cool things about Coach Raffo is just anywhere we go in our league, they talk about how much they admire him. And look, nobody's got a tougher job when it comes to Sunbelt baseball that's right. than Tommy Raffo.
1: And I'm not saying anything even in my position that I shouldn't say or that's not said or that, that, that Jeff Purinton and everybody knows. He's not playing on an even level playing field right now with the rest of the league. He's one of the best leagues in the country. We understand that efforts are being made every day to try to help level the playing field for him. But you know, I like this team. I, you know, in a real limited sample size, I like a lot of the, the elements. I like what we saw, I like the depth, I like some of the new arms, and interested to see how it goes for here. You know, really, you go back. Yeah, I, I actually forgot till I looked back. You know, really, won six straight, swept back-to-back series Absolutely. going back to the last yeah. season.
0: We'll be back to wrap things up right after this.
1: At First National Bank, our mortgage lending team knows what it
0: takes to make a home and a superior home loan process. Simple, proven, and reliable service with competitive rates at a bank that already feels like home. Since 1889, that's been the First National Bank way, because for our people, this is home. Apply online at fnbank.net mortgage. From our family to yours, welcome home. First National Bank. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Red Wolf fans, this is Demario Davis, proud Red Wolf and linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm asking you to help out our current A-State student athletes by donating to the Impact Club. This organization helps our program stay competitive and supports our players by facilitating NIL agreements that allow them to endorse local charities. Make a monthly commitment and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access you won't find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at ImpactClub.com. Thank you and Wolves Up. Wrapping things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by First National Bank and by the Kavanaugh Auto Group. You can check out Kavanaugh's entire selection of new and pre-owned vehicles at KavanaughCars.com. Indoor track and field currently competing at the Sunbelt Conference Indoor Championships in Birmingham. Hopefully, we've got a couple of championships to tell you about. Hope so. Next week on this podcast.
1: Be surprised otherwise. Uh, Another busy week for
0: A-State Baseball. You know, they're playing eight of the first ten days of the season. So, (laughs) talk about that depth. Tommy Raffo's got a chance to see a lot of different guys perform here. UAPB in town Tuesday at 6. Then we'll be in Oxford for the home opener for Ole Miss on Wednesday. 4 o'clock the first pitch for that one. And then Lindenwood will be in here this weekend, Friday at 6. Saturday at three and then Sunday at one tennis team they swept Arkansas Tech this past Friday seven to love seven love <laughs> tennis team over 500 they're four and three on the year and they'll be back in action coming up on Saturday they host Jacksonville State at another one of their home
1: venues the Jonesboro Country Club yeah home stadium number three so up. they've
0: already had trim gym Ridge Point and now. JCC.
1: Yeah, and then eventually they'll get on campus and play outside. They may wish they're playing outside this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be nice.
0: Bowling team, they were at home this past weekend. Congratulations to them. They win the Midwinter Invitational. They hosted at Hijinks. It's their second title of the year. And they beat some of the best teams in the country to do it. Number one, Jacksonville State. Knocked them off on Sunday. And then they got some revenge on... National champion Vanderbilt on Sunday as well, so in the final, yeah, some really good wins.
1: And of course, we've talked in the first day or so. You know, the wins and losses don't matter as much. You're trying, to, you're knocking down total pins, but they actually lost their first two matches Friday. I walked in the door, is like uh, actually the first person I saw was Brooklyn Buchanan. What's going on? She said, "Well, we just took that out. Took two of them, as a matter of fact. So we gotta get our heads right."
0: I'm sure and she delivered a fiery pep talk after that and
1: then they did they turned it around. right
0: Brooklyn buchanan former guest of this podcast actually one of our favorite interviews i think that we've done yep over the years women's golf team how about them they win the atlantic invitational in Lake Worth, florida they didn't just win they absolutely obliterated the field by 35 strokes all six players finishing in the top 10 madison tenor the individual medalist in the tournament
1: she won that in the playoff i think
0: It's the second tournament win of the year for the golf team and the 16th tournament title for our friend MJ,
1: Debian Shaw. So this was a smaller field overall than some of the tournaments. I think seven teams in it. But still, it's not just about winning. It's about the scores you shoot first and foremost, right? And those were good. It was in a, you know kind of windy conditions, a par 71 course. So the the scores were good. And I think that's the biggest thing. But then to win it by 35 strokes, as you said, you know, you can't even count six scores. You only count five, but you had all six of your people in the top 10. And in fact, the, the young lady that we had that finished 10th, shot the low round of the tournament on the last day to get there. As one-sided, just about as it could possibly be, and uh, quite a performance down there for – Coach MJ Debian Shaw and the crew.
0: All right, let's look ahead to basketball now. The women are at home. You know, they had played eight of the last 10 on the road, and now they get to finish the season at home, playing the final four games of the regular season at First National Bank Arena. They'll host Troy Wednesday at seven, trying to get some revenge on them. You remember. That was a game that went to overtime in Troy a couple of weeks ago. And Southern Miss, who the Red Wolves just lost to this past week, Mm -hmm. will be in here on Saturday at noon tip time for that one.
1: So, Emma, Matt and you go back to that situation in Hattiesburg, and three of the four young ladies who were ejected from Southern Miss, they all received two additional games, suspensions, which means they're all back Saturday to play against each other. Just in time. Then, as
0: far as the men, a huge week for Coach Hodson's team. They'll take on the same two teams they just beat on the road last week. So weird, the schedule. They'll host Troy Thursday at 8. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in just a second. But then they'll play the home finale senior day Saturday at 2.30 against South Alabama. So, a couple of huge home games to finish out the home schedule for the men. But a very unique Night coming up on Thursday. They've moved back the start time to 8 o'clock to accommodate ESPNU. Mm -hmm. And I know you did some digging as far as, you know, the last time that A-State has played a home game in front of a nationally televised audience. And you got to go way back. What, the 97-98 season?
1: season. Yeah, that's right. So it hasn't happened in a long time. Of course, everything's on some kind of TV now. But to be what we call a linear network, you know, one of the actual ESPN networks. It's been a long time. Before we get all the way into Thursday, I want to back it up and say Wednesday night. You know, hope people will uh, kind of come and help love up the women's team because they've got a big stretch here, and hopefully they're getting healthy. And so kind of lift them up after a rough week last week, health-wise and otherwise. Uh, there's buy one, get one tickets. So you can actually get two tickets for 10 bucks to the game Wednesday night. $2 hot dogs Wednesday night. And then uh, you get to Thursday, and there's an awful lot going on with the eight o'clock tip with uh, ESPN. You going black out the bank. Our team's wearing black. Encouraging fans to wear black. Uh, we got some uh, black rally towels. We'll have out for that game. And then there's another game, you know, next week where some the same things will be happening for the women. You know, there's just a lot going on Thursday night. It's a chance for. Uh, and not just Arkansas State basketball, but a chance for Arkansas State University, chance for Northeast Arkansas, really, to to put on a show, a chance we hadn't gotten in a long time. And, you know, if we hopefully will handle it in a way here to where it won't be 25, 26 years before it happens again. Can't wait
0: to see an electric atmosphere, an amazing week coming up ahead. You said, what, nine home events in total?
1: Yeah. I mean, you got four basketball games, four baseball games, and that home tennis match all this week from – Tuesday to Saturday or Tuesday to Sunday. So it's a busy week, but should be a fun one. That's, that's kind of what you get in it for.
0: We'll have a lot more to recap next time on next week's edition of the Second to None podcast presented by First National Bank and the Kavanaugh Auto Group.